0: today's scripture reading is taken from psalm 24 verses 1 to 10. psalm 24 the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof the world and those who dwell therein for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers who shall ascend the hill of the lord and who shall stand in his holy place He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in
1: Thank you so much, Cheryl, for reading God's Word for us today. I wonder, Church, if you have recently blessed the Lord for the many newcomers he has brought to us, and it's so comforting, it's encouraging to the pastoral staff and the elders to see how quickly our newcomers are involving themselves in ministry. So, Cheryl, thank you again for reading God's Word to us today. Uh, Now, as you know, we have been on a bit of a journey, an Advent journey these last several weeks. Uh, Pastor Ollie began it for us by reminding us that Advent comes from a Latin word, adventus, which means coming, and uh, as a fairly uh, new uh, person to Singapore... I sometimes observe some fascinating things about the culture here. It's not a judgment, it's just fascinating to newcomers who haven't seen it before, but I've observed that in Singapore we uh, celebrate the coming by leaving. is not December month that many Singaporeans travel, and uh, the good thing is sometimes that means uh, friends come and see us, and... Uh, it's good to see my friend David Lowe here and his wife from Penang. They were here with us for several months. They've shifted back to Penang. And after our service, you want to get a hold of David and beg him to add you to his WhatsApp list. And you will see some of the most spectacular photography and be blessed by it. It's good to have you back with us. And we also have other friends from Malaysia. Thank you for being with us. The Loi's have brought them and others of you who are visiting with us, we're so grateful that you're, you're here. I have to uh, confess, and this is a part of the message where Sherry starts getting nervous. I am not very good at waiting. I've got to go back to where I need to begin. Um, this, this is one of my um, areas of growth that i struggle with it's just not my 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 gift in fact i am often tempted to go up behind a tourist on the escalator and just tap them on the shoulder and and remind them that um standing is for the left the right side is for people like me who are in a hurry who don't like to wait we have to run up the escalator because it feels like we're catching up somehow. I, I find it very, very frustrating to, to wait. In fact, the elders will tell you that I'm good for about 45 minutes at a meeting, and, and then I'm up and pacing in the room, which, you know, if you watch zoo animals, that's a sign of mental illness. But <laughs> I, I, it's just difficult for me to, to just wait for things to happen. I'm always in a hurry, which, by the way, makes Sunday the most stressful day of the week in the Bunton home, because Sunday is the only day that Sherry and I come to church together, and uh, I'm trying to enjoy the shepherding of a team, so yesterday I heard a very, very good wedding homily. And how we should be gentle and, and kind. And I tried to put that into practice this morning by standing outside of our gate and gently calling in, Sherry, are you ready yet? <laughs> so I'm on a growth curve, a gentle growth curve. And and she will always respond the same way because I always do the same thing on Sunday morning. I shout inside the house, Are you ready? I'm out. Can I push the lift? And she will always respond with joyful anxiety. I know, a bit of a paradox. Coming. <laughs> so, so here's the thing about coming. When, whenever somebody is coming, somebody else is always waiting. right? And, and that's why when we began, we did a series of messages that seem like they don't have the joy of Christmas attached to them. Because the thing about Advent is we haven't yet come to Christmas. We're in the waiting part. There is anxiety in waiting. There is troubled hearts in waiting. And Sam, who who did, by the way, an amazing job with the most difficult royal psalm, Psalm 22, which is accented by, by that horrific cry of despair. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We need to understand the context of that psalm. Even after David wrote those words, Israel spent another thousand years waiting for their liberator to come and bring them some relief, waiting for the Messiah who would bring them freedom, who would bring them safety from the siege of their neighbors. Over a thousand years they waited. They waited in agony. That's why this psalm, Advent, royal psalm, is so authentic. This is why when you're troubled, when you have difficulty, when you have the kind of emotions that shouldn't show up in church... You ought to find comfort in the psalms because David cries out in this song of despair. We have been waiting in the midst, O God, of your silence. We yet wait. And immediately following then this song of despair, there is a song of comfort. Now, many of us, we don't consider this to be an Advent song, For most of us, Psalm 23 is a funeral song. The Lord is my shepherd. But there is comfort in this. This is, again, a song that must be interpreted in its context. During the long waiting, in the midst of dark and anxious times, David, the king, reminds the people, your king has a shepherd. I'm not the boss of everything. I am a servant of the King Almighty. And that is why in Psalm 78, he wrote in verses 70 and 71, God chose David his, what? Servant. And took him from the sheepfolds, from following the nursing sheep. And he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people. In days of anxiety, while we are waiting, It's good to know that our leaders consider themselves shepherds, not kings. This was a song of comfort. And today, we pause to look at a third song in the Advent Trilogy, Psalm 24, which we could identify as a song of wonder. Today, we enter in to this text, being reminded of the coming king, and there's three adjectives by which he is described. He is the creator king, he is the holy king, and he is the glorious king. He is the king of glory. So beginning in verses 1 and 2, the coming creator king, verses 1 and 2 says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas, he has established it upon the rivers. Now, if you struggled with the sermon last week, you may also have struggled with the news this week. I'm on many WhatsApp groups at GBC (laughs) And I've seen the anxiety going back and forth. If you've read the news, you know that Saturday, a week ago, over a hundred church leaders in a country north of us were arrested and have completely disappeared. That has been a source of much anxiety. It should give us comfort, it should create in us. Thanksgiving that we live in a nation that allows not only the free assembly but the free practice of our faith. Um, This is an elder in that church. Elder Li Yingcheng was not one of those who was arrested and trundled off. He found a place of hiding and felt moved, prompted by the Spirit of God to write a letter to the remaining church to encourage them as to how they might respond in the middle of persecution while they wait for liberation, while they wait for vindication. How should that church respond? And at 1.59 this past Tuesday morning, he left this cryptic post on social media. I reckon I have been found. And that is the last anyone heard of Elder Lee. But when church members went into his hiding place, they found under his mattress a seven-page Advent note. This is just the first page. And if I could take an attempt, I'm going to read a translation. Thank the Lord. Just as the year 2018 is about to end, God has given us a reward in the form of this large-scale persecution that arrived on December 9. Since yesterday evening until noon today, over a hundred pastors, elders, staffs, brothers and sisters have been taken away. As of now, we still do not know where they are, and even if we did know, it would be difficult for us to help them. But listen to this. But thankfully, we know for certain that the Lord's loving face is shining upon them. They are within the gracious Sovereign providence of the Lord. He will be with them in the midst of their chains and trials. And then on the next page, he left them this year's Advent scripture verse. Taken from 1 Peter chapter 4. Do you realize that Advent songs are written in the minor key because of the suffering of waiting? This is there, this huge church's Advent hymn taken from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings. Now here it is that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Do you hear that sense of waiting? We can tolerate 40 years in the wilderness, wandering with food and drink, if we just know the promised land is out there. If we just know we're headed toward vindication, liberation, freedom, the glory of a coming king. If we can expect that, that one day his glory will be revealed, we can rejoice even in this suffering. How is it that a persecuted people can rejoice and be glad? Because just like the ancient king of Israel, they have a shepherd. And his rod and his staff, they comfort Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He is with us. This is the joyful resolve of Advent. And because Scripture says, the earth belongs to Him, and all that is in it, not just the earth, but the fullness therein, meaning there is not one thing not one government, not one nation, not one man or woman, not any living thing, not even one breath that does not belong to this coming creator, king. He is the creator. He is the sustainer, the author and the finisher. This world has been founded for his pleasure. It exists for his glorious purpose. There is joy In the anxious moments of Advent. Then secondly, not just is he a coming king. He is a holy king. Now... We don't realize this because this psalm is a song. It's not the narrative from which the song comes. But fortunately, God in his word has provided us with a parallel text. The narrative from which this song came is in 2 Samuel chapter six. In 2 Samuel chapter six, David has just recaptured the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines. Now, let me just remind you what the Ark of the Covenant was. The Ark of the Covenant was a box that contained rel- relics from Exodus, including the law, including Moses' staff. And on top of the box, it was covered in gold, and on top of the box, on either end of the rectangular box, were two winged cherubs kneeling down, their wings covering, and between those two cherubs, the space was occupied by the Shekinah glory of God. The visible, powerful, holy presence of the Almighty God had been captured by the Philistines because of the disobedience of His people. David and his 30,000 warriors had just recaptured the presence of God. It changed everything for David. He burst out into song. Again, knowing that the presence of the Lord was among his people, he decided, now we will bring the presence of the Lord up the hill, up the holy hill, to the city of God, to Jerusalem, where my residence will be. And then God himself will dwell with his people forever. This created great joy, and they sent word throughout Israel, and this great crowd began to gather And as the oxen are pulling the cart, on top of which lay the Ark of the Covenant, one of the oxen stumbles, and Uzzah, whose name means fierce strength, reached out to save God. And God struck him dead. In the middle of the joyful song of Israel... A mighty warrior does what he can to demonstrate his strength to rescue the God of our salvation. In 2 Samuel 6, verse 7, it says, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down because of his error, and he, dis- and he died there, right beside the ark. And suddenly... Joy dissipated, and David was angry in his heart, and Scripture said he feared the Lord. He was afraid. God was afraid of the Lord. He went seeking, and so what did he do? He gave his God back. Second Samuel 6, verse 10 says, so God... David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Obed-Edom was a Philistine. He was a relative of a famous giant who lost his head to David. So afraid had David become of the God he longed to live with, He carted him off and gave him back to the Philistines. And then in a moment of anxiety, he wrote these words, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and and who shall stand in his holy place? Meaning in Hebrew, who can bear the holy presence of this God? He who has clean hands. In a pure heart, who does not lift his soul up to what is false, trusting in his own power. Someone who does not swear by the might of his sword. You you need to understand this, because there, there has been some drift in the practices of the church. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord Who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Do you you understand that biblically, raising one's hands in Scripture is not a posture of praise and worship. It's a posture of repentance. It's God, I I come repenting. Cleanse my heart so that my hands would be clean. Who, Who can walk with the holy God. Not those whose hands are soaked in the blood of Philistines. Not men who conquer by the sword. But men and women with clean hands and a pure heart does not lift his soul to that which is false. Do you you understand this, GBC? More important then the assignment is the condition of the hearts of those who carry out the assignment. The message cannot be believed if the messengers are not trustworthy, are not holy, pure, as he is holy. And let's cut back then to the house of Obed-Edom. Here he is. I can't imagine what he would have been like. He was a conquered man. He couldn't say no. It wasn't actually an offer. Hey, how about having this creator God live in your home? He just took it because it was placed there and it stayed in his house, Scripture says, for six, or excuse me, three months. And all those three months, verse 11 says, the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. And when David heard it, he responded by writing again the words of this psalm. I go back to, well, I haven't got to the scripture yet, sorry. Who shall ascend? Who but the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Do you notice that righteousness does not come from the clean hands? Righteousness comes from repentance given by the Lord righteousness comes from the God of our salvation and and then David begins to project forward to a preferred future he begins to sing about a future when not just a single household, not just a single people group, not just a nation, but entire generations of people will seek him, will seek the God of Jacob. He doesn't say they will seek their God. He's projecting a time when foreigners, just like Obed-Edom, just like you and I, will have hearts cleansed, be lent righteousness will be given legs to pursue the God of our salvation. This is why he sings again. And this is why in 2 Samuel verse 6, he begins to just dance with all his might. Dance with all his might. That makes us a bit uncomfortable because we're Baptists. I wonder if it's because we have never truly known the extraordinary joy that helps us shed inhibitions. The realization that this King of creation, this holy God, cleanses blood-soaked hands, gives righteousness, is our salvation. Apparently, his wife, Michal, was not a part of that joy. She was just religious. So when she saw her husband dancing with all his might, Scripture says she despised David in her heart. David had a good shepherd. He came bringing the ark once again up the holy hill to the gates of Jerusalem. And this we see in verses 9 and 10. Lift up your heads and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord Strong and mighty. Uzzah is dead. 30,000 warriors lay down your swords. The king of glory has come. Lift up the gates. You say, lift up the hands. Showing, oh God, I come repenting. But a bowed head is a head anxious in front of a holy, glorious God. Lift up your heads. Fill your hearts with joyful anticipation. Joyful confidence that you have been cleansed. Lift your heads up. But it's also a metaphor for the gates of Jerusalem. Gates that are closed are indicative of a people, what? Under siege. Anxious, cautious, Feeling threatened. The gates are closed. The gates are locked. But now David triumphantly celebrates this glorious, mighty God. Open up the gates. Let them stay open because this God is mighty in battle. That, that word glory, in the Hebrew word kebab, it means wait heaviness. So in English, we might say about a a lawyer's cross-examination, his argument bears a lot of weight, meaning influence. God is the king of influence. He's the king of power. All powers bow to him. This is the God. Open up the gates and let this God, the king of glory, The king of all influence and power, the creator who founded everything, who lends you every breath, who fights your battles, is for you. Let him in. This is the source of celebration. But still, we sing the same Advent stanzas. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? David had a good shepherd, but friends, he did not have clean hands. David didn't have a pure heart. He, was a, he had the heart of a man who didn't even know how to keep his marriage vows. He had the hands of a man who was not qualified to build the temple of the Lord. David's question Went unanswered for another thousand years. And then an old man writing an Advent letter to a persecuted church, his name not Elder Lee, his name was John. And in that moment, when all the other church leaders had disappeared god opened up for john a window into the glories of heaven and john saw a vision of the courts and in this vision in revelation chapter 5 verses 1 through 4 he says then i saw in the right hand of him who is seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back Sealed with seven seals, and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice the advent question of King David Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven, no one on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found on earth to open the scroll or even look into it. And one of the elders spoke to me from heaven, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so he can open the scroll and the seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And then they began to sing a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were saved. St- and your blood, by your blood you ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom of priests who are God, and they shall reign on the earth. So worthy is not the king of Jerusalem. Worthy is not David or Nathan or Hezekiah or Ian or Eugene. Or any man worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and blessing. So church, how would we respond to this coming king? How would we respond? To the one who comes full of glory, lift up your heads, grieve no more, lift up the gate of your heart, and let the king of glory come in. Who is this king of glory? came as a babe, grew up and lived a perfect life with clean hands and a pure heart. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Here's what David was doing. He was bringing his shepherd king into the royal city. He was preparing not only to open gates, he was preparing to show the people how a king gets off his throne so that the king of glory may come in. This is hard for white men because we own stuff. Vancouver is my town. Canada is my country. America teaches its children to say, my nation, you know, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. My nation. Open up those gates. Get off your throne. Let the king of glory Come in. Lift up your heads. Fill your hearts with the joy of a king who comes to fill you. To reside in the space where anxiety much, much once lived. To live in the home that once sheltered fear. To fill you with joy and the hope of Christmas. The king of glory comes now. I want to invite you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. In a moment, we are going to sing our response as our worship team comes to lead us in our final song. I'm going to invite you to sing it as if these were words penned by your own heart. I'm going to invite you to sing not about your own might, not about the righteousness you bring. I'm going to invite you to sing about the grace that brings the King of glory near your gates. I'm going to invite you to sing that it is His grace that reaches far and wide. To every tribe and every nation, to your tribe, to my nation. It's grace that called our hearts to enter in, into the joy of his salvation. If you're here today and you don't consider yourself a believer, it's not because you need to learn more religious stuff. All you need to know at this moment is the sovereign king of glory has arranged time and space for you to hear today David's Advent song. He has come. He is at the very gates of your palace. Will you open up and let him in? Will you open your heart? Let him sit down in his rightful place to rule you with justice and righteousness, to fill you with the joy of life, then you can speak to him right in your own heart. Say, O oh Lord, come in. You are the King of glory. Be mighty in my life. Fight the battles I am losing. Fill me with your mighty presence that the gates of my heart may remain open. Do it for your namesake, O oh God. Let that be our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Please stand as we sing the song of response.